yeah, yeah. Gone on you with the pick and roll. Younger flame, he in sickle mode. This here with all the ice on in the booth At the gate outside When they pull up, they get me loose Yeah, jump out, boys That's Nike boys hopping our coast This shit way too big When we pull up, give me the loot Was off the Remy Had up at post Had to hit my old town To duck the news Welcome back. You are listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast. Money Mail coming to you every Friday. A little bit slow to record the podcast this week. I ventured back down to my old high school, Palmerston North Boys High, and spoke at a old boys dinner that they do annually, and was speaking uh, all things sort of horse racing in that, um, yeah, in, in that speech. So not so much the financial literacy stuff, but uh, looks like at some stage I'll be heading back to school to speak at uh, the assembly around some of the financial literacy stuff, or even um, you know, with diff- some of the different year groups as well. And obviously I went down to Wellington College, which I was invited to speak down there via an old boy from school who now teaches there. But I don't want to get into too much of the speaking at school stuff because it's it's very hard for me to say no. Um, and after I did the Wellington College one, I already had a few people getting in touch and you then have to kind of go through this filter of like, who do you say yes to, who do you say no to? And I think the more that I do it, then the more I'll get asked and it'll put me in a tricky spot. But happy to obviously do it for my old school. But I just wanted to share with you with you something uh, pretty special for me. So when, when I quit my job, I, um, I sort of learned about visualising and starting to believe in some of the things you wanted to achieve. And so I was kind of going through that journey. So for me, like a lot of these things that I'm now teaching you or talking to you about, this has been like a long time in the making and I've been doing these things for a, a long time and uh, I was you know I was still flatting I was I hadn't built out any business at this stage I hadn't really achieved much across my racing staff across next advisory like none of this was really happening and I just sat down and basically wrote out a page of things that I wanted to achieve and that I could see happening at some stage and uh, one of those things was getting back to speak at school and speaking at an assembly that sort of thing, because when I started at school, I was in the front row. The uh, very small, young lad that was Luke was in the very front row, um, and I thought, you know, one day I'll uh, be cool to come back and address this school from the stage and, and be the speaker that everyone's listening to. So I don't know why, but, you know, I've always kind of like had those little things in me, but I wrote down some of the things that I wanted to achieve, and that that is and, and was one of them. So it's pretty cool to be able to get back to an evening or to now be in a position where you do get invited to go and speak at things like that and what I've wanted to do along that journey is get better at speaking as well because I've known okay I can go and talk about things that I've done but I want to make it entertaining and engaging and enjoyable and um, give people energy and those types of things as well so you know I think anyone can kind of get up and present and talk about the things that they've done but I've been sort of gone a step further again and gone as a maximizer, which is one of my strengths under the Clifton Strengths Finder is how could I not just get up there and, and talk? You know, what what makes a good talk and often that storytelling and, and a number of different things. So I guess what I'm just trying to get you to see is that when you start to create visions for yourself or things that you want to achieve, then you start to understand quite quickly that you're not the person that's going to be able to do those. And once you accept that, like 
you're not the person right now, but you get to become that person. So it could even be if we take it back to a financial context that you want to be able to buy um, your mum the flashiest Christmas present that you know your family's ever brought. You know, whatever. Let's just say that's your example, and you go, well, right now, with the income I'm on and with the amount that I can save and whatnot, like that just isn't possible. And you get to figure out, or you try to figure out, who do you need to become in order to do that. And so then you've got your end goal, you've got your vision of that, you know you've got work to do in between and often the work that you do in between is the most valuable piece for you to then become the person that you're not at the moment and that's where growth comes from and that's how then we achieve our goals and whatnot and so I think for some people they look at people that will go and do things and they forget how and and what that person had to do in order to actually get on that stage or to be able to give that gift or whatever and it's not just the oh yeah cool got to do the speech it's the fuck that's cool you know I wanted to do something like that I'd seen that I'd visualized that I knew I could make it happen you know not seven years ago when I was writing it down on a piece of paper that I will speak at boys high uh, it is who do I need to become in order to make that happen and I needed to change that person and I needed to just do some shit and uh, that's the path that I set out to be on and go on and that's then ultimately led to me being able to achieve that goal. So I know that the things that I've done along the path have then helped me do that and so I was I was clearly on the right path. I just needed to do more of it and I think often we can overcomplicate life and think we want things to happen faster, right? So then we try and change what we're doing or we try and think that you know we've got to just you know do something fucking radically different or whatnot but sometimes we are actually on the right path and it's just about being consistent adding more value doing the right things being patient understanding that it doesn't matter if it took seven years for me to go back and speak at school or fucking seven months or whatever it's just that is the journey that is one of the outcomes you want make sure you keep doing the things that are eventually going to get you recognized and have the um, you know, reasoning to actually be invited back to speak. So there's my little story from the weekend for you. But let's get back on to some of the financial chat because last week we were talking about whether Kiwis are too broke to retire. Now I did see someone comment on my post, like this is a very clickbaity title, isn't it? But actually it didn't get as many reads on the old email as uh, some of the other um, lessons. So I think what that might be is that people are a bit younger that are reading Keep the Change and so not really thinking about retirement yet but it's obviously something that we all need to be thinking about because it sneaks up on us and I wanted to paint this picture via the uh, this lesson but someone commented and sort of said hey, you know are you all good mate like it's been a bit negative lately uh, which I think that it's actually been really positive lately uh, so that's interesting but that's just one person's data point right so what I've been really trying to get a, a, across to everyone over this last few weeks and really I've kind of been on this this pump of about eight weeks now of you need to be thinking about more money. So I'm trying to give you the solution, but the reason you need the solution is because inflation is the problem. And I think because I keep talking about inflation and the fact that people aren't really sweet, it's looking negative to some, whereas I'm like, okay, here's the problem, but no one's giving you a solution. So I'm actually trying to bring positivity and structure and a solution to it, but that's not how it'll probably be perceived by some people. Why the fuck does this guy keep talking about inflation and how people don't have enough money? This is so grim. Well, it's just fact for a lot of people. And just when you when you consume this content, try and look at it from both lenses of, okay, what can I learn here? 
um, and and what's your first reaction to it? And okay, can I not be triggered by that or get pulled into your first reaction and go, okay, what you know, what what's what's here that I'm, I could be missing if I look at this from a different lens or if I if I had double my income, how would I look at this lesson? And try and start to play with some of these things that you learn because otherwise you run the risk of. I give you the classic example that I love to use all the time is, you know, we say, don't use buy now, pay later. Oh, but it's great in emergencies. We'll build an emergency fund. Oh, I can't do that. What do you mean you can't do that? You know, I, I get that I can't do that. But it's, we've, we've got ourselves stuck there and we believe that, right? So once we believe that we can't build an emergency fund, well, it's going to be way harder to be able to do that. And so then we think, okay, buy now, pay later is good because it helps us in an emergency when we all know we'd be better off not relying on that you know, the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. So try and see these things from different perspectives and figure out what you can learn and then you can apply that thinking across other areas of your life and you'll go a lot further than other people because people are so one-dimensional now and they're so bubbled in their own cliques and different social media feeds and go and look for the answers that they want and they get a little bit stuck, right? And I can be guilty of it too, I think we all can. But let's rip into it. So last week I was reading an article about Kiwis and retirement. My old university, shout out to Massey, put out a report about how pensioners trying to survive on superannuation alone were finding it near impossible to make ends meet, which I'd imagine probably wouldn't supply, uh, surprise many of you. Now, superannuation is a benefit paid to those over 65. It is around $538 before tax or $463 after tax for a single person living on their own. That probably isn't going to go too far in this day and age of rampant inflation, is it? Remember, the median income for Kiwis, uh, working Kiwis, is now over double this, so that's around 60000 61000 uh, But you can see here that people on the pension, if you're single and you were getting the $538 per week, you'd have about $28,000. Now, that is less than half of the... Uh, median income for Kiwi. So not a lot to survive on. Now, the report from Massey University University estimated that an average weekly no-frills or modest lifestyle would cost a single person living in a metro centre $781 a week. Now, I don't know what the definition of no-frills is in terms of their report. And of course, we know that you know everybody's got different standards that they want to live by. Some people want to buy a coffee every day, uh, whereas some people buy a coffee a week and that's their excitement. You know, that's what they get a lot of joy out of and they're really happy with that, whereas other people will be like, well, fuck, you know, I want to be able to buy one every single day. So we've all got different expectations from life, right? But the report also explains that a life of choices would cost $1,107 a week, a fair bit more than the $463 that most people have to play with, isn't it? Now this highlights the importance of thinking about income streams when you get to retirement should you want to lead a life of what they say, uh, in their words, choices. Remember that when people get to 65 they can still work and this doesn't impact their superannuation. So when you get to 65 you'll get your superannuation, I mean, depending on how old you are now and whether it's going to be continued to be a thing for the country or whether we have to get rid of it. You know they currently don't take it off you based on what you earn. So you can earn 100 grand still and get your superannuation because that's just uh, the way it works. Now someone did message me after and say that's incorrect and that it does get scaled down, but uh, I have never seen that happen, so I don't know why they think that is the case or where they've seen that happen or what the other circumstances are, but uh, I'm fairly sure that your income level won't impact the superannuation that you get and are, uh, in quote, entitled to. 
Now, the report gets scary because it goes on to say that a couple would need $755,000 in savings to fund a lifestyle in the main cities. If you're in the provinces, around $480,000 in savings. That is a, a fair bit of coin, isn't it, to have saved. Now, I think what they must do there is then model out how long is that 755k going to last you or that $480,000 by the time you get your superannuation and you pay out some of the choices you want to make during the week, whether it's going out for a coffee or uh, trekking around somewhere and going one one trip. Like I, I don't know how they've figured those things out. And that's, the, I guess, the danger of trying to apply one a report to then millions of Kiwis, right? But again, it's just designed to get us thinking. Now, I don't think that many people would have anywhere close to that in a retirement savings account because most people throughout their life, what do they do? They're paying down a mortgage, right? So that's what you're aiming for. You're trying to get your debt down and then you get to retirement and you don't actually have a lot of cash stacked aside or investments. You've got uh, a freehold property or, or maybe still have debt on it. Now, this should really make people think about their KiwiSaver. For all the good KiwiSaver does to prepare people for retirement, it also encourages younger people to pull their cash out to buy a home. Now, this means that the balance all but resets and you have to start saving again into your KiwiSaver, right? But a lot of people lose interest here and want to not contribute or they want to contribute the minimum in order to start repaying their mortgage in preference. I think this is accurate too, that some banks then require you, once you get your mortgage, to not contribute to your KiwiSaver to ensure that you can uh, pay your mortgage, which is pretty uh, pretty scary, isn't it? Now, if we look at some average KiwiSaver balances, those are around 56 to 60, oh, those between the age of 56 to 60 had just shy of 50 grand. That was in April 2022 when I looked at that data. So between the age of 61 and 65, the average KiwiSaver balance $53,500. Now, of course, the market has been pretty ugly since April, so these balances may have decreased from there as well. If we look at some average KiwiSaver balances, those between... Oh, We've got that. I think I might have doubled that up in the email. But the average uh, KiwiSaver balance of all ages in the country is $30,000. Now, you don't need to be a chartered accountant to work out that there is a big difference between KiwiSaver balances and the amount suggested to be needed in the new report released from Massey, isn't there? Many months ago, I wrote about options for income in retirement. We may may need to revisit these lessons because Treasury figures show that 40% of people aged 65 and over, the benefit or superannuation is their only source of income. So 4 in 10 people over the age of 60, the only form of income they have is the benefit. Now, that's you could look at that in two ways, couldn't you? You could say, well, obviously people are still surviving, so it's still possible. Or, and you know, they, they don't need other forms of income. Uh, or you can think, well, what are the, uh, or the 60% of people are still having to have some form of income because A, they're choosing to, or B, they... Uh, don't have enough cash to survive on just the pension alone, so they're choosing to work. But whatever the way to look at it is, you want to ensure that by the time you get to that time of your life, if that's your goal, um, to get to retirement and kind of retire and wind down and all those things, that you've got the ability to, right, and the choice to, and you can, you've got options in front of you, and you're not kind of forced to do things. You don't get there and go, fuck, I do have to work six days a week still. This is ridiculous. You know, you're trying to build a life by design, as I think Mikey likes to term it, where you're thinking, what do I need to be doing now to ensure that by the time I get older, then I'm going to have different options. Now, uh, even my mum learned how to sell some unwanted crap on Facebook Marketplace to free up a bit of spare spending money. Now, she is gets the pension, she's uh, over 65, and she chooses that, you know, that's, she can, she can live off of that, and she does it pretty cheap. She's like, I've had to learn how to budget better and tighten the purse strings and whatnot. Um, 
And but even for her, she's like, fuck yeah, what, why have I got all this shit sitting around home that I could be turning into cash and that's going to free up some cash for me? Because even at that age, you know, things still go wrong, whether it's health things, uh, filling. I think for her, fill out, uh, fell out the other day chewing a minty. I said, don't eat that minty, don't eat it, mum. Oh, what do you know? Oh, but my bloody tooth come out, unbelievable. So, you know, these things happen, right? And we've got to be able to build up emergency funds even at those ages to have access to cash to be able to go and get help because you don't, like, if you're thinking at 20, 25, 30, 35, that buy now, pay later is your solution to any emergency that pops up, well, what's going to happen when you get to 65, 70? You're going to teach yourself that that's still the, the same thing to do, right? It'll be called something different, but you'll be looking for the solution uh, that exists at that time as well. So even older people, when I say older people, like people that are getting closer to 65, they can be thinking about what's some other ways to get some income. And you know, sometimes it's just doing some of the things that they love or doing two days of work a week, for instance, even at a minimum wage is going to probably just about double your, your income for the year. But of course, as well, the superannuation is taxable income. So once you start earning more, so if you've got your superannuation, say, and then you worked as well, um, you once you go over that $48,000 income tax bracket, any income above that is going to be taxed at 30%. So then some people kind of go, wow, what's the point? I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have my superannuation plus the income that I'm doing for working a few days a week. And then if I was to do more, well, it's going to get taxed at 30%. Like, is that really worth it to me? So all of those things start to come into play for a lot of people. I mean, I would always suggest it's better to pay the tax and then have the leftover money. But that's just the way that my brain is wired but for you and I what we might want to be thinking about no matter what age we are at is what are you doing to prepare yourself for your eventual retirement for me you know I'm investing along the way I'm also contributing to KiwiSaver and sometimes I think about increasing the contribution you know I do often think about it I track my balance every month to see what's there I have a look at what these average balances are I've forecasted out okay if I keep contributing at this you know what am I going to end up with at 65 so I'm I'm 30 years away my brain tells me fuck mate you don't need to worry about that you know, the 65 age thing, but what if I want to retire earlier, if I want to do some different things, I guess the way I look at KiwiSaver is at 65, what's going to be in there that I'm going to be able to use for something, is it going to be invested into a project, is it going to be helping pay off the kids something, is it going to be helping my retirement, you know, but I'm actively doing things to stay ahead of the average and because I don't want to be average and I've talked to you about that before and I'm sure there'd be no surprise to a lot of you, so when I look at what the average is, I go, well, I'm not fucking that person. You know, I am, well, I want to be down the other end. I want to be in the top 10%, the top 1% if I can make it. So what are they doing? What do I need to be doing? Where do I need to be at? And those are then the actions that I start taking to map myself to be able to do that so that one day down the track, I'll be able to have choices and whatnot. Uh, because for years, I just pissed it away and got credit and got debt and just did all of that stuff and kept myself average if anything I was I was below average and I was further behind so I've then gone okay well I don't want to just be in the top 20% like how do I get into the top 1% because that's going to help me recover the wasted years in those 20s for instance and so that's often my kind of methodology. Now two uh, the other thing sorry is what do you want your retirement to look like and that can be pretty hard because you know, for me, for instance, it feels so far away, and even for younger people listening, they'll be going, "Well, yeah, do you even have to care yet? And when do you, when should you start caring?" But you know, I think for all of us, it's a good thing to be going, "Okay, what? You know, I want to be in control of that. I don't want it to control me." Now, two really beneficial targets are to aim to get to retirement with no real living costs, so you're mortgage free or living rent free somehow, and with a sizable investment pot to slowly draw down on. Both of these take time, and they take a lot of work. 
and they require dedication from earlier decades of your life, don't they? Now, this has also gotten harder too with more retirees renting, and this is expected to increase. It is expected that the number of retirees renting will double by 2048. So that is a good 20-something years away, but they're basically saying to the millennials, I think that would be, you know, a lot of them that, hey, by the time you're getting close to 65, uh, we're going to expect to see that over you know, uh, that period there's going to be a 100% increase in the amount of people that are going to need to be renting when they get to 65. Now, some of those might be by choice or others may just be that they've never been able to get into the property market and so they haven't been able to pay down their property and, and end up hopefully rent-free. Now, what I can kind of see happening is in New Zealand where people work their entire lives to pay down their mortgage and then get to retirement and then redraw down the debt through a reverse mortgage to free up some cash to spend. Now, the reason I say this is that I see people like my mum, for instance, who they've got to 65, they're mortgage-free, so now they're like, cool, I can have the life that I want, and they realise, oh, fuck, you still do need some cash coming in. Well, everything that I've got is tied up in this property, and that's where a reverse mortgage allows you to basically draw back down on the equity of your home and spend some of that. Now... Whether that's right or wrong, I mean, I don't know, but there's that's, those products exist and I can just see more people learning about that and doing that because they want to free up some cash and still live their life because they get to 65 and they think, well, I've worked my fucking ass off, now I'm kind of retiring and enjoying it if that's the methodology you've applied to your life and they go, well, I've got no real cash to be able to spend to do that so this is a bit backward and a bit boring and, and they'll want to free up some cash and I think that redrawing down on some of that equity on their property will be how they go about doing that. Now I'm, I've put in here I'm 100% confident that within the next decade we will have a new form of tax introduced to start addressing the cost to the country of people getting to retirement but not being able to afford it. Because if we go back to the start of this email and just think about average KiwiSaver balances, the fact that people are still having to work when they get to 65, what amounts that I think we need to have invested by the time we get to 65 or having a savings account, it's very clear that we're, we're way behind, like we're not the percentage of people that would fit into that profile would be very very low so you know who's going to have to pay the bill well it'll be the taxpayer won't it you know we're going to have to I think introduce some form of tax we probably should have done it a few years ago when we had the option to introduce the capital gains tax Uh, a lot of people negative towards that are very against it and at some stage I think someone's going to have to rip the band-aid off and tell everyone the truth and go you know what guys like we need to do this Um, we we don't really have any other options and I could be completely wrong and I could be way off but my gut just tells me with this, I'm like this just doesn't seem like we've got enough cash to go around for these people that are all going to be getting to this age so something's going to have to change and so I think in the next decade we're going to see someone rip the band that off and introduce some sort of inheritance tax for instance, a capital gains tax, there'll be something new uh, that will come in and that money will be used to fund the ever-ageing population that we have here in the country and yeah, I mean, that's not for me to say whether that's right or wrong, or even for you to say that, you know, it's just get over it, get on with it, let's fucking roll, let's figure out how to win, whatever it is, because ultimately you and I probably aren't in control of what that tax ends up looking like. Now, uh, what that will be, of course, is anyone's guess, but it's who's brave enough to bring it in and, and try and sell it to the country as a solution, right? And that's probably why it's taken us so long to do it, is because it's so hard. Like, imagine telling all of the uh, boomers, boomers, for instance, the baby boomers, that they're going to have to start paying inheritance tax. Inheritance tax. You know, either they're 
they're going to be fuming or they're not going to care because they're like, well, then the next generation are kind of paying the tax because they're not now getting access to the cash that I've built up or the wealth that I've built up. A percentage of it is going back to the government uh, to then subsidise running the country. So, I, but I, I'd imagine, like, if, if you take money from people, anytime you take money from people, they don't like it, right? Because you know how hard you have to work to get it. So then people back backlash against it, just like when we tried to introduce the tax recently the government tried to introduce the tax on the management fees of KiwiSaver and whatnot and it was gone within 24 hours so very very hard change is a coming and I don't know who's going to be brave enough to kind of get it across the line and tell the story of why it's so needed but I do think that in this next decade we'll we'll have a bit of clarity around how that's going to to look. Now also remember that we're looking for someone who wants to start a side hustle and wants us to support them get through the first 12 months. There's nearly 100 applicants so far and there is some real grunty shit in there. Uh, we will invest, Mike and I are going to invest our time, so a monthly meeting plus a group chat as well as a $10,000 commitment towards your learning, branding, website, business and development. Uh, this is going to be an investment in you and your business, not a handout or a here's 10 grand to go buy some stock, good luck, see you later. You know, we're going to be actually working with this person ongoing and documenting this as well. So there's been so many good applicants and I, I feel really gutted that we're only going to be able to help one person to start with and that really goes against my kind of inner uh, identity, I guess, because I just want to help everyone, but that's not going to work with this. So I think what we will do is maybe we'll, with all the people that apply, we'll do a big Zoom call at some stage and go through some of the ideas and help them get started on them because I don't think we can do that for everyone. But there will be someone that we will choose and there will be a $10,000 investment towards that person's learning and ability to go from side hustle to regular income stream or or even um, replacing their job or building out a business. We, We haven't chosen who that is yet, so there's still time to apply. And remember that you are of one of 6,400 plus recipients. Is there someone you can forward this to? Please put something on your social media, spread it around. You can also revisit older lessons on keepthechange.co.nz forward slash blog if you want to read some of the prior lessons rather than listening to them but I assume given that I'm telling you this on a podcast that's not going to be what you want to do but you could always find something in the blog and and share that with somebody who might want to learn from something because there's now 123 of these editions. Now did you know the average KiwiSaver balance for those over 80 is over $200,000. Perhaps they have deposited their investment saving into a KiwiSaver as an investment fund when I was looking at those average balances, I noticed that people over 80, they've got way more in there. Uh, I think the average balance, what did we say before, was about 30000 they got about two hundred grand in there. So I think a lot of them might have kicked some of their cash into KiwiSaver and gone, okay, I'll treat that as my investment fund, and then they might draw down on it or attach a debit card to it, for instance, and sort of spend off of that. Um, but yeah, I, that was my only kind of thinking for that. But that's very, very interesting that the uh, 80 pluses have got a uh, shitload more in there than uh, than other people. But the cool thing about KiwiSaver, I think, is that the more people save and the more people contribute, it's more capital that can get reallocated to different areas of the economy. And I think that's the big thing that, excuse me, <coughs> New Zealand has in its favour is that it's still in its infancy, effectively. There's not a huge amount of cash in there, but it's growing and it's growing. And eventually... That, that capital is going to be introduced to the economy via investments into different sectors to ensure that it generates a return to then pay back the people who have lent it the money, i.e. the people that hold those, those KiwiSaver funds. And you know that's going to be a lot of capital to be allocated. And I think we've got that massive growth traje- trajectory to, excuse me, to go on as a nation um, 
we were still so new to it as well. So there is some, some exciting stuff in that area. But also, if you want to leave a question that you may have, and we've done two podcasts answering some of these questions now, and there's still a stack load to get through, there's a link at the bottom of the email, and you can simply provide some feedback or ask a question, and Mikey and I will answer those as part of the podcast. There's also the link to Get Night School if you want to do that as well. And some people have been really, really kind and actually donating and contributing recently as well, which has been uh, epic to see a little bit of cash coming through. It might even be a $20 or a $5 or a $10 amount. Uh, someone has wired over, I have to do a pod about this at some stage, wired over uh, $1,000. So that's pretty cool. Helps fund the platforms that keep the change sit on top of and make sure that we can keep doing this and get this information out to more people. So really, really cool to see. I'll leave you to it. I'll see you again on Friday at 9am if you're, uh, it'll be in your inbox. Otherwise, check your, uh, you can check the subscribe sorry, to the podcast so that you get a notification when it comes out. And if you haven't as well, could you please give this a five-star review? There's 182 of those. And that's helping put the Keep the Change podcast in front of more people on the likes of Spotify which means that more people see it, might have a listen, and then listen to some content that might help and improve their life. She's in love with who I am. Back in high school, I used to bust it to the dance. Now I hit the FBO with duffels in my hands. I did half a Zan, 13 hours till I land. Had me out like a light, like a light, like a light. Slept through the flight, not for the night. 767, man, this shit got double bedroom, man. I still got scores to settle, man. I crept down the block, down the block, made a right. Down.